What's going on, guys? It's AJ. Um, I forgot to do this during the episode, so I'm adding it in as the cold open for this week. I want you all to know that earlier today, before we recorded the episode, Dan and his girlfriend were at the beach, and while they were at the beach, Dan did not take his girlfriend to the snack shack to get a snack. I'm calling him out here during the cold open, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode and give him shit for it. Here it is. Welcome back to the Packy Run Podcast, my guys and girls and people who don't identify and everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Let's just go with that. Welcome back, human beings. This is the Packy Run Podcast. I am AJ Lagambina. I am Dan Mayotte. And we're back for another fun-filled week of coronavirus, sports, music, hot takes, whatever, whatever comes out of our brains. Yeah, whatever... We feel like we want people to listen to and uh, hear our opinions on and takes on things. It's whatever's (laughs) necessary, Dan. The people we saw, I will say, I'll start it off by saying, man, we saw a (laughs) spike this week. Uh, we've, the, the couple of spikes that we've had in like listenership and stuff have been directly correlated with when we have just gone off the rails. So our Alex Jones, uh, impersonations and discussion about the, uh, first amendment and its merits last week, the, the people love it, Dan. Well, welcome new listeners. Um, happy to have you back and listening. Hopefully you enjoy, um, Boston sports. Or just sports in general. I mean, we don't just talk about Boston sports, but we're two Boston sports guys who live in different parts of the country at this point. Um, and, and not only we that, we're love... two uh, we're two Boston sports fans that uh, grew up on punk rock. Yes, that's that's the whole shtick here. It's two dumbasses with DIY roots talking about everything, man. Yeah. Um, so, like tradition, uh, we talked a little. We we went in last week about Alex Jones. We talked about a little bit of like, um, like what's going on with the NFL and like sports in general. Um, this week will be a lot of the same thing minus Alex Jones. We are going to touch on some video games cause we love video games. Like we, we haven't talked about those yet. Um, and you're probably not going to like my takes, but, uh, Hey, whatever. Yeah. Love that sound. Every single show, we always started off with um, what we are drinking this episode. Um, I'll start it off. And actually, like I made this recommendation a few days ago on our Instagram. Um, it is Pack Your Run Pod on Instagram and also Twitter. Um, but it is Dragon Weiss Harpoon. Um, it's a mix of dragon fruit and hibiscus. It's a great... Summer beer to just hang out, sit on the porch, uh, have a couple of these. It's not a chugger for sure. A um, little bit on the heavier side. I wouldn't say on the heavier side. It's definitely light, but it's. I mean, it's a little sour, but like, and I'm, I'm not into sour beers. I, 
I prefer, like, this has the perfect amount of sour to me. A little bit of bitter- bitterness, but it's not, like, it's not sweet. It's a good mix. It's a good blend. Harpoon always does a good job with their beers. Um, I picked up one of their summer packs. It, it had a mix of uh, their regular standard beer, their IPA, Rec League, which is... I, I'm actually kind of shocked by it. It is advertised as a light beer and is probably the best light beer I've ever had. All have right. you ever had that one? I have not. What? My, uh, my experience with Harpoon is almost exclusively the original IPA and then the um, Wana Mango. That was also included with this pack as well. Um, I don't know if it's nationwide, but if you're definitely in the New England area, I would recommend picking yourself up a 12 pack of these. Um, it's just great selection. Like I'm not into light beers, but the rec league really surprised me. That was also going to be one of the other ones I was going to say, but well, you saw on our Instagram, right? Like they actually liked, they commented on our post. I did not. So again, we're starting off the show. <laughs> we're giving you guys a little bit of information about uh, how the sausage is made here at the Packy Run. Uh, Dan largely runs the social media and stuff like that. I'm mainly, you know, producer, engineer kind of thing. I'm handling the audio that you guys are hearing each week. Uh, so I would say probably eight out of 10 times. If you see us on social media, it's probably my best friend. So I did not see that. What did they say? They just, they just sent like a, like a beer emoji. That's all they commented, but still that's pretty cool. So shout out to Harpoon. Bro, that's Um, us getting our foot in the door. (laughs) I don't know about that. This is how it starts. If we keep it up, if we keep it up, we might actually get there. We just have to keep drinking Harpoon then. All right. I'll 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 do some research and figure out where I can find it down here in uh, lovely Nashville, Tennessee. True. Down here in the <laughs> 615. Gross. Yeah, that it hurt to say it that way. I don't, won't lie. Don't you have like, th- didn't you have thunderstorms earlier today? Uh, we've had thunderstorms on and off for the past two days. It's been, it hasn't hit my area of Nashville all that much, but uh, there were, you know, thunderstorm warnings and stuff hopping around. Not not exactly my idea of fun, especially in a place that has been prone to tornadoes. Yeah, that is, that's, that's true. Um, so what are you drinking this evening, AJ? Uh, I'm, I'm boring this week. Uh, I've just got another Sam 76. It is just, it's a standard. It's the, it's the beer. It's the like easy drinking beer that every quote unquote easy drinking beer wishes it was super flavorful, really well put together, well balanced. You can drink a bunch of them or you can drink a couple of them. You know, it's never too heavy. It's not necessarily a light beer. It's just, it's the old standby. It's what works. Yeah. I mean, it's always there. But Sam Adams and Harpoon in one episode, it sounds like a match made in heaven. Guys, reach out to the Packy Run. Sponsor us. Yeah. Or if any other brands would like to as well. Yeah, um, reach, out, love to av- reach out to your local to breweries. Tell your local breweries, we, need, uh, we want sponsors and we want... Listen, I'll settle for free beer. I'm not complaining yeah. if that's all we get out of this. That covers drinks. So do we have any follow-up from... Last week's episode. Last week, we covered a little bit about the Washington football teams. Um, not the whole, um, not what uh, the Washington Post article came out against them, but we did talk about their potential names. Um, 
talked and we talked a little bit about what is going on with the NFL, but since everything that has gone on, there's been like the whole drama with, uh, there was an article released by the Washington Post. Um, it was 15 women coming forward against the team uh, being sexually harassed um, and a lot of other accusations against the team and some of its uh, higher-up officials. Not against Dan Snyder or the former GM, but um, just general people being shitty in the workplace. Yeah, and it's it, it's kind of funny, and I don't know what other word to use because funny is not the right one, but it is kind of right. funny <laughs> how like it takes it takes one domino for like all of this stuff to come down. So it was their it was their first year head coach, right? Who was kind of the first, really the first person that set all the rest of this in motion. Yeah, he I mean he was Ron Rivera was behind like, hey, we should probably change that name. And then Dan Snyder, the owner, um, was like, Nah, I don't want to. And then the sponsors have been pulling out and they're like, hey, we're not gonna give you money unless you change your name. I mean, Ron Rivera has been supporting that. And then Ron Rivera recently has come out with his statement and said like, oh, this better not happen. My daughter works here now, like uh, like not on my watch, which I mean, that's more of a, that's a better leadership than like what Dan Snyder has done. It's just, It's just sad to watch all of that kind of stuff continue to happen. And yeah keep the pressure on let's see what we've got an entire episode it was two episodes ago we sat back and gave them some ideas for what to rename their team so hopefully we see something along those lines hopefully they take one of those and we we get some sort of royalty from that um we talk we talk a lot about being sponsored and uh getting royalties from things uh i promise we're not this money hungry Speak for yourself, bro. <laughs> it's all about them checks for me. True. <laughs> you just want to sell out. I mean, isn't that the dream? Isn't that the American dream to just sell out? I mean, true. That is kind of the American dream. The least punk thing I've ever said. But I'm on a podcast now and I'm like I'm like a grown ass adult who is trying to figure out how to support himself. So yeah, I'll sell yeah, out. Dude, you still you still have Pop Tarts for dinner. That's not entirely true. I mean, it's not like I haven't done that in the past couple months. I mean, this has but... been this is this has been a day full of calling you out. So I do apologize. This is true. Listeners at home, I'm telling you, at Packy Run Pod on Instagram and Twitter, I have been I have been roasted for takes that I made ten episodes ago. I couldn't even my own family wouldn't even back me up. Was it just one person or how many more people reached out to you and said that's a bad take? It was only my cousin Bobby. Uh I can't uh we can say this now. Uh my cousin Bobby, friend of the pod. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Bobby backed you up. He backed you up about the uh, my Nomar take, and I I I put my doctor hat on. I prescribed him two middle fingers and told him to call me when the fever breaks. Because man, damn. I mean, that's what you should have told Nomar when uh, he broke a couple of his uh, limbs and couldn't like perform for the Red Sox anymore. Friend, my, my friends and my family are just not loyal, and I am I am upset about it. I mean. No more was good, but like, really? I'm. I don't want to talk about it. I'm a sad boy now. 
It's like it's like me putting Manny Ramirez on like a a Mount Rushmore list. Like I, I love Manny. Manny I'll give is you my this though. though. Yeah. I'll give you this. If you put Manny Ramirez on that Mount Rushmore, you probably would have gotten more agreement out of people than I will ever get for putting Nomar up there. But you know what? My yeah, because Mount Rushmore. People, people remember Nomar is just getting injured all the time. And also the ridiculous, like... Um, My pinned tweet. The way he would go to bat, like up to bat, and how many times he would adjust his batting gloves and his armbands and everything. He would tap both of his cleats with his bat, give himself a couple of rotations of the bat. 20 minutes for him to get through an bat. Couple of false swings. Oh man. He was, it was Nomar being Nomar before Manny Ramirez was even on the scene, dude. I mean, Manny is my. Was my favorite Red Sox grow- player growing up. Who is it now? I mean... Ugh. Like, all-time favorite Red Sox player. I mean, you know, it's weird because according to, like, all my memorabilia collection, like, of the Red Sox, I think if you saw all of it, you would think it's either Roger Clemens, Pedro, or, like, Jim Rice. But it's not... Like, I think... If I had to choose my favorite Red Sox player of all time, oh, that's tough. I think you have to. I have to pick Big Poppy. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a it's a toss up for me between David Ortiz and Pedro Martinez or like, like all I, time. But I saw recently like somebody. It was um this YouTuber Starks Rave Sports. He did a two part series on Manny Ramirez, and boy, I got so much nostalgia. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I've spent I've been on the nostalgia train for the past week, I won't lie. I've spent those NFL mic'd up videos are gold. Um did you see Julian highlights. Edelman's speaking of that, did you see Julian Edelman's like sp- like clothing line getting dropped today? Uh he released new stuff today? Is it like a clothing line clothing line or is it more of his like it's topical like, t shirts? Did you see that one? I haven't seen any of them. Fill me in. There's um, it's like JE eleven. It's like the yeah, standard. The, it, it's like the TD twelve type of thing that Brady has going on for him. Although I'll say Julian's Julian stuff is a little bit less like a lot of the TB twelve stuff is like man, you're selling people snake oil as opposed to Julian's got like Julian has like a brand kind of deal. Brady has always been like trying to sell people, you know, that vegan burgers and uh, supplements and ice creams. Yeah, it's a that's a little weird, but but he dropped new stuff today. Yeah, he just dropped it. Like what? I think he dropped some like slides and a couple like t-shirts and stuff like that. There's one like like tie-dye shirt. Weird. I mean, hey. I have, I have uh, one of his t-shirts after after we won the Super Bowl against the Rams. He had a Belichick, uh, Belichick t-shirt and it's Belichick in his hoodie with his little, um, with his headset. Yeah. And it's got the Infinity Gauntlet from Avengers. Oh. So it has like all six stones as in all six, uh, all six championships. That's a, that's a Julian Edelman t-shirt that I have. True. And I have one of the Bet Against Us shirts where it just says bet against us along the front but there's a football on the sleeve and the football has the years of all six uh all right super bowls and it's a pretty good one um going back to baseball since we're we're like two days at this point right now we're recording on on a tuesday 
but the day we release, it's going to be opening day, finally, for baseball. Um, happening. Red Sox are playing the Orioles, I believe, that, like, they're playing on Friday. Um, are you going to tune in? Uh, probably, considering the fact that, you know, I'm back to being quarantined, I'm hanging out at my house, and I'm basically making crop circles in my house between my front porch, my little studio space, and my bedroom. So I've got I've got the time to tune in. Might as well watch some Red Sox baseball. Yeah, I mean, I I was watching the Cubs and the White Sox the other night, and I can't think of the last time I actually sat through most of a baseball game on TV. Like in person, like I'll I'll watch I'll watch the baseball game. I'll I'll grab a beer and like a hot dog, and that's a fun time to me. That's a fun night out. And that doesn't even that doesn't even have to be MLB, you know. The Nashville oh, Sounds know. down here, Triple A ball. Uh, I have a lot of. Do you remember the Brockton Rocks? I never saw the Brockton Rocks. Um, I don't remember them, but I Brockton Rocks. You could go to a game for next to nothing, and yeah, just spend a night at the baseball stadium, get a hot dog, hang out. Fantastic yeah. times. I I live near the Lowell Spinners, and. They're actually Red Sox affiliated, which is awesome. Um, you're kind of seeing all the future Red Sox stars as they're like going up the ranks. Um, yeah, I saw Mookie Betts there like a billion years ago. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, I bet they traded him. That if if he was still on the team, that would be my favorite Red Sox player at the moment. But I currently don't have a favorite Red Sox player, so. Um, Hopefully, Raphael uh, Denver's are. Um, although I like Xander Bogarts, I think he's a I good. I was going to say Denver's or Bogarts are probably going to be the. Uh, those are probably going to be the big names for the time being. Yeah, I don't like Sale. I think he is way overpaid. overpaid he's good when he's healthy. Yeah, like if he was, if he came in and performed like Pedro, which he's not Pedro by any standards, and he's. Um, but Pedro was traded to the Red Sox at one point, and if he performed like Pedro, then like I would be like, ooh, you know what? I like Chris Sale, but he's constantly hurt and just underperforms. We have no pitching this year. That's the thing. How many years have we been hearing that about the Red Sox, though? I mean, always the pitching with us. I mean, think about it. When was the last time? What's the last dominant pitcher you can think of for the Red Sox? I can't. Like, that's not Pedro. Yeah, off the top of my hand. Like, truly I mean, Kurt Schillen had that one good year in 2004, but he was hurt at the, at the very end and then hurt the entire next year. And Josh I, Beckett was serious. good, but dominant? Nah. No. Like, yeah, it's been, it's been too long, but... The flip side of that is that, by definition, if we've had such a drought, you know, something's got to be coming our way soon. That's that's true. That is so, true. Look out for it. This year's probably not the year to be looking out, right? Because we're, you know, we're getting we're getting live scrimmages and everything else. But man, the way that things are trending, I'm 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 still on the fence. I don't think that we're going to be seeing much in the way of national sports the way that we're used to seeing them. That's it's a tall order with the way that things are right now. It's going to be, I mean, what's the over under? Like, is it going to be over thirty games or under thirty games? Do you think they're going to actually play this year? 
Because 30 is like the halfway mark. I'm forever the pessimist. I'm saying under 30 games. I think that we're going to get to a point. And I don't think it's going to be... I think I think it's going to be under 30 games, but I think it's going to be a... I think it's going to be an uphill battle. I think that more and more teams are going to have more and more players that are testing positive and more issues. And I think, as usual, you know, ownership and the league and everything else is going to be reactionary about it. And it's eventually going to get to the point where the fans and the clubs and the individual players are all going to be sitting back and kind of looking at the league and going what are we doing right especially like is it worth it to be be in harm's way like this well that's one of the scariest things about the nfl too is that like that's even more of a contact sport than baseball and if we do manage to see an nfl season like what ha- you know what happens when the star quarterbacks starting come start coming down with this thing what happens when your wide receivers or your you know kind of right. top roster defensemen start coming down with this and if enough people get it, you know, in a single club, you could very reasonably get to the point where you can't play as a team. Yeah, that is actually true. And I mean, the NFL PA just announced like an hour ago, uh, since we've recorded this, um, there's going to be no preseason games. And it's instead of 90 roster spots, it's going to be 80 roster spots. So to minimize the risk for it. But I mean, yeah, preseason games, like, that makes sense. But 80 to, like, 90 people, like, that that makes... That... that Limiting limiting the roster spots doesn't make sense. Getting rid of the preseason absolutely makes sense. But they need to... I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, these are still multi-million dollar franchises. And right. even if they decide to just go, you know what? It's just not worth the risk. We're just going to not have a 2020 season. Like, ev- almost every single one of those clubs is still going to be... You know, I have a hard time believing that most of those clubs are going to be in the red after that. Like they're going to make their money on merchandising and, you know, putting out content. You know, right. there's plenty of Patriots players. I mean, if Julian Edelman can have, which by the way, I haven't watched it and I really want to, but I have no reason to get a Showtime subscription. If Julian Edelman can put out a documentary, like any of these guys, any of these teams can put out like actual worthwhile documentaries for their fans to watch. And think about that. You put together a documentary using game footage and some like individual interviews with people and then rent it out to people for five bucks a piece on Amazon or something like there's no there's no reason why these clubs can't be making money if they decide to just be like, you know what, we're going to do what's best for the fans and the players and put it off for a year. Right. Um, now, Patrick Patrick Mahomes is still going to be playing. Tom Brady will still play. We'll get the chance to see like if if they just push it out for whatever it would be eight nine months and then actually have a season next year. It, financially, none of those institutions are really going to lose any sleep over that. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to lose sleep over that. I mean, as long as, as long as they're not losing money, I mean, they're going to lose money anyways this year. They're like going to they're gonna lose theoretical money, but you know, I have to imagine that they have enough in the reserves. And like I said, with all the third party and like the ancillary kind of stuff, Jersey sales, doing a couple of documentaries or something like there's no way that they can't at least maintain their operating costs. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there are, for somebody who works partly in the sports industry, I still have a job and my union is helping with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good on you. Keep getting them checks. I'm still collecting those checks. Um, thank you, Barclays. Thank you, uh, uh, 
then that's ownership. <laughs> Thank you, Barclays, for supporting my friend, but fuck you for taking him away from his Boston sports roots. Uh, that's all I got to say on that. Well, guess I'm a traitor now because I'm a Islanders and a Nets fan at this point. Not You're a, a turncoat and a thief. Uh, but speaking of Islanders and also Bruins, uh, NHL is starting back up again. Um, looks like two weeks, like at the start of next month. I'm excited for hockey to come back again, the same way that we were just talking with baseball and with football and everything else. I am extremely skeptical about putting people in those kind of positions as far as the virus is concerned. But yeah, in my heart of hearts, I'm, I'm just ready to watch some hockey again. Give me, give me something to tune into that I can zone out for, for a couple of hours. Yeah. I mean, hockey is one of the best sports to watch um, just in general, especially if you're at the game, there's, can't think of anything better. It's just, it's so good. I've said it to people a million and a half times. Hockey is everything soccer wants to be. The rules are almost the same. The actual goal, no pun intended, of the game is the same. But all of these guys are on ice skates and it is so much faster paced, but it is still, you know, the real joy of watching a hockey game is the passing and the finesse. And you get all of that. You get all of the cool things that you would get about watching a soccer game. But because we're Americans and we all have ADHD, it's a lot faster, which keeps us more engaged. Absolutely. And I mean, I when when I was working at Barclays and the Islanders were playing and um if there are any Islanders fans that are listening to this, you know how shitty Barclays is for watching hockey. Um, like, I don't know if you know this, but there are really, okay. So when, so at Barclays, it is strictly made for whatever reason, the designers didn't think there would be hockey being played there. Um, they thought it was going to be strictly basketball and for like, concerts and conventions and that kind of thing. Um, there are certain sections where you can't see it's blocking like a quarter of the ice. So when you walk in the main entrance at Barclays, um, I believe the section is the section is 31. If you, and like you're right near the organ player and that kind of thing, right when you walk in, you go down and you look and you're you can't see the goal that's underneath you. It's that bad. You're you. No one buys te- seats there. They don't even offer them up because they're that bad. Now coming from, I never obviously never got the opportunity to be in the old garden. But coming from somebody who has gone more than his fair share of times to the TD Garden, the north end of Boston. That's unforgivable because I have yet to be. I mean, I've been up there with the gallery gods up in the nosebleeds i've been in boxes i've been closer to the ice and whether it was hockey games or i don't think i've ever seen a celtics game but i have seen the harlem globetrotters there you know any I've time seen, that i've, I've ever seen a gone couple celtics the games and it's always yeah, a good time any time i've been there is just amazing the thing about the islanders though they their old arena is currently being renovated and they're building a new one like out in Long Island. I did not know that. Yeah. So they've been kind of bouncing back and forth between Barclays and also NASA Coliseum. Okay. Um, which as 
somebody who works, as somebody who's an arena worker, like, they get pretty angry because of, like, how Barclays, how much Barclays as an arena sucks for hockey. And I get it. I understand it. I get frustrated, too. I mean, there's not much I can do (laughs) at that point. Yeah, that's 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 well above your pay grade. Right. Because, like, I can't redesign the stadium or redesign the whole arena just for their specific needs. Although I have so much... I have so much fun being in the nosebleeds, like middle ice, and they're just like, it's because the seats are so cheap. Like, you can go to an Islanders game in Brooklyn, like the cheapest tickets, depending on who's playing that night, you can get tickets as cheap as like five bucks. Last time I went to a Bruins game, uh, I went with my cousins now, X, and we were hanging out with, they call themselves the gallery gods. I mean, my back was against the wall. I was like as high as high can be, but I was directly behind one of the nets and you can see everything. And that's, and you know what, as much as I... I was going to say as much as I detest Nashville, but I actually, I've got a lot of respect for the Predators. I really like the Nashville Predators. And I like their fans. They put up a fight. They're a good team. They put up a fight. They've got, you know, that is, it's funny to say in a place that's so ridiculously Southern and is the way that it is, but Nashville is absolutely a hockey town. And I've never seen a Predators game, but I have gotten to hang out in a similar section of the Bridgestone Arena to see uh, a couple of shows now. And Bridgestone Arena is smaller, but very similar to the TD Garden. Like there's not really a bad seat in the house. It's, it's a, it's, it's an awesome kind of, it's an, it's a great kind of vibe to be in that place. I love it. Yeah. I mean, hockey's great. Like it's, it's like a lot of, it's so funny because a lot of my coworkers, they, they never have seen a hockey game like either on TV or in person. They didn't know the rules. They didn't know how it went. I remember I went to my orientation or like one of the many orientations that I had and they, they asked everyone, they were like, who likes hockey? Like all the new hires were in the, like the room. And I was the only person that raised my hand. Well, here's what I'll say about this. And are you ready? I'm going to go into the hot take chamber for this. Okay. Hockey is the punk rock of national sports. And here's why... Here's why I'll say that. Hockey is the punk rock of national sports because it is not nearly as big as, say, the NFL or the MLB, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But it has a strong, almost like cult following. The people that love hockey, the people that love hockey teams are dedicated to their teams. And there's a big enough following that it like maintains its its self-perpetuating. Right. Very similar to the way that punk rock is, where it's like, especially now, you're not hearing punk bands on the radio. You're not seeing, you know, you're not, most people are not paying attention to punk bands, even if they are big national touring, self-sustaining acts or whatever. But the people that love that music, the people that are part of that culture, the people that are invested in that, that is like a definitive life trait for them. I mean, I never thought of it like that. 
But I think, I mean, there's a couple reasons why hockey is not as popular in the United States, for sure. I mean... It's Canadian. Well, it's not only... It's. I don't think it's that. I think (laughs) the... Like, the 2005 lockout didn't do them any services when, like, they didn't have a season. Um, They don't have any, like, they, I mean, they they were on ESPN. They were on all the major networks. And then because of this lockout, that lockout, they just, they're like, "Eh, we lost all of this kind of money and it kind of lost interest. It's kind of like how baseball had their their season shortage in uh, 94. People lost interest in it just because, like, like oh, nothing's going on. Okay, like, not going to watch move it. On. Yeah, move on. Like, move on to basketball and football and other sports. Yeah, I can, I can see, see. I can, I can see, see that. that. But like, especially coming from, especially coming from Boston, we're like, I mean, the Bruins know, are going to be big in Boston no matter what. I mean, even when the Celtics were winning all those championships in the '60s, for example. Bruins were the kings of the garden. And that's how that's how it should be. And I think that's still kind of how it is. I think, you know, Boston, we obviously the Red Sox have have had a renaissance uh, in the 21st century. The Patriots have had a renaissance in the 21st century. The Celtics have, you know, they've only won one championship, but the Celtics have had a little bit of a renaissance and stuff like that. I mean, the Celtics are still highly competitive and highly successful. Oh, absolutely. But like you, it, anybody, anybody from Boston will tell you like it is still in this day and age, Boston's a hockey town. Yeah. That is, you know, we, it, 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 it's not, it sounds really weird and really kitschy when you talk to people not from the area about it and whatever. But like when people say that town bleeds black and gold, like they're not fucking around. <laughs> like the Bruins are right. a force in, in our hometown. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to watch some hockey again. Um, my new I'm, I'm ready. What? I'm ready. I'm again. I'm a little bit skeptical given everything else that's going on. But I think that you know, if 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 they're making it safe for the players, and I can sit back and I can watch some hockey games, fuck yeah, dude, let's go. Yeah, I mean, what what do you, I know that you have expressed in the past, or like the a little bit that you're like Bruins are going to go all the way. The Bruins are the best team. Do you still think that, or do you think this time off is going to be bad for them? I think the time off, I don't think that the time off has been bad for them. I think it, the only reason why the time off has not benefited the Bruins is the fact that every other team has gotten time to get healthy and they've gotten time to sit back and they've gotten time to practice and stuff, which makes the competition a little bit more fierce than it was before everything got shut down. But I said it last podcast. Name me a better front three. Name me name me a better front three than Bergeron, Chara, and Pasternak. You just can't. Like we are, we are, you know, we are damn near unstoppable. And I still more than the team, I blame the fl- I blame the fans for our loss in the playoffs last year. You could you could hear it on TV. I had people that I knew that were in the garden. I had friends that were in and around the garden. You know, by the time game seven came around, 
For whatever reason, Boston had just lost its spark. We were tired. Not only was the team tired, but the fans were tired. And I think that went a long way towards sealing our fates last year. And I think now we've had some time away. The competition's a little bit more fierce. I think that this playoff round robin thing, um, if Boston shows up the way that it's supposed to show up, I have a hard time believing that we don't take it home again this year. Yeah, I mean... I have beef with with the Bruins, but... Just because you suck, Dan. No, it's just because their ownership is crappy, and I refuse to support crappy ownership, which we talked about earlier. I will even go into the hot take... I will go into the hot take chamber for this. Okay. You have beef with the Bruins because you suck, Dan. That's not a hot take. That's just... It is a hot take. That is a lukewarm take. It's a hot take. And well, I was going to say that I have people that'll back me up, but apparently my family doesn't even back me up on my hot takes. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> guys, I'm an Islanders fan. Like we're, we're, we're trying to compete. We were good earlier this season. We kind of fell off towards the beginning of the year, unfortunately, but we were My on- goal for this podcast is to bring you back to the black and gold. Nah, man, blue and orange. Blue and orange. What are you, a tiger cub? Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. Well, I think that's uh I think that's about all the sports that we need to uh devolve into for this week. That is probably true. Um, um given given everything that's going on, we alluded to it earlier in the episode. Right. Um we're all we're all well most of us are stuck at home and are trying to figure out ways to pad the time and trying to figure out what to do to kill time. And one of the things that I've really come back to lately has been video games, um, especially on the current generation of like hardware and things, especially, you know, the quality of some of the remade games and some of the, you know, the new properties that have come out and everything else. Right. Right. You know, it's been a blessing to have a PS4 in my household and to be able to just kind of forget about the world for a few hours at a time and sit back and just indulge in that kind of thing. So, Dan, what have uh, what have you been playing? I know you've got a PS4, too. We talked early, early on in the podcast about you fixing your Xbox and stuff. What are you what are you playing? Um, I mean, like I I'm a boring guy. I keep going back to the same I guess franchises, um, if you want to say that. Um, I always like playing Madden, and I like playing um, 2K. Those are the two games I am always into. You can always expect me to play those. Um, it's either one or the other. Sometimes it's MLB The Show. Um, I like to create a player and just like play out as like a career. I think that's really fun, and I, I enjoy that. Um, similar with both 2K and also Madden, I like to, I like to play as franchise mode. Um, I like to have my own team. I like to do whatever I want and make the trades I want. Um, in Madden particularly, I always, I always move like, um, the team from Washington to Brooklyn because you can relocate franchises and I just like recreate and like create like uh like New Jersey's and everything like that. Um I Well, have- I'm going to I'm going to let you I'm going to let you dive into that a little bit more, but I do just want to point out that this is one of the interesting times on the Packy Run podcast where Dan and I 
are on opposite ends of this spectrum, like polar opposite ends. Right. I've never really gotten into any of the sports games, the franchise modes and everything else. I am like, I'm a role-playing guy and a platformer guy. So the games that interest me have never been any of the Madden games or anything like that. So this is actually kind of interesting. Obviously, I like, I have an idea of what franchise mode and everything else is, but like, dude, go off. Tell me, tell me about what you do. I'll say this, like, first and foremost, um, with the Madden games and the, the 2K games and everything like that. Um, if if you have one, you don't really need to buy the next one unless you really want the draft picks. I or I would I would also say unless you're working with like different hardware and stuff because that's one of the things that I've always struggled with that with too. a lot of those games like every year I don't think you need one but if there's a new actual platform like when the PS5 comes out or if they've really gone and revamped the graphics or something like that I can imagine that or that's if a there's big like draw. a new interesting mode to the um like the game like there was for Madden for example there was this one where you pretend to be like a you're like this struggling part like player that's trying to get like to the NFL and everything like that and you role play as that that's kind of interesting but like it's all the same it's kind of like I, I mean I don't know I'm not into that I want to I like the strategy and I like to just build a team from the ground up and just create like a dynasty. Um, so you like being the Steinbrenner of these different games. Well, I don't do that. I like to just, what I do is first thing I do is I trade every single good player away or if, any player that has any value. I trade them away. I trade them away for draft picks. Um, and I just build through the draft entirely whether it's first round picks, second round picks, like whatever I can get for them, I just use those picks and just build and build and build. Um, sometimes I trade them away for different players. If I think a, a player is interesting, I'll like, if they're like 6'6 and have like 90 speed and like 82 catching or something like that, and they're like a wide receiver, I'll pick them up even if they're like a, like a 68. So this would be in Madden. Yeah, this would be in Madden. Um, Now in 2K, I, I mean, I do similar things like that. Although the thing with my only beef with 2K is after a couple years, everyone wants $30 million, which is, it's so unrealistic because not every single NBA player deserves a $30 million a year contract. Now, again, having no knowledge of these kind of things, is there, you know, are there negotiating tactics and stuff that you can use as if you were, you know, there in the room in real life? I mean, like I adjust the contracts. Um, I also I also have my own settings to make it more realistic to as I I can make it Um, because it gets a little ridiculous after a little bit like like there'll be like a. 80 overall player who wants like $35 million a year. It's like, and they haven't even played yet in the NBA. And I'm like, no, I'm not paying you that. There's no possible way. But you like being, 
You like being the guy in the chair. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like playing it when I want. Like, if I want to play it, I will. Um, like, if there's, for example, in Madden, if I'm in the Super Bowl, I will... I'll usually sim the first two quarters and then play, like, the last two quarters just to see what... Just to, like, play it out. Um, I have fun with that. If there's... If it's bas- basketball, for example, I just play... I like simcast a few of the games. Like if 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 it gets to like like game seven, I'll simcast it. Which you sim a little bit of the game, and then you eventually like you can hop into it and play it. Which that is a lot of fun. But so it's mostly it's mostly sports games for you. Oh yeah, I mean sometimes GTA uh, five. Um, if I'm feeling oh, a little bit of that open world. I mean, what are you doing GTA? Um, I mean, the last time I played it, I was doing some of the missions and I was having fun with it. I was just going through like the storyline of that, and I was enjoying it. Um, because when I've played it many years ago, I I was just like I I I didn't I never I just wanted to drive around and shoot people, drive around, steal True. cop cars, and like do stupid things. Just do hood rat shit. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. Um, now I'm like, oh, I have Trevor. I can actually go, like, have a plane and like steal one, or and like I can, I have that ability now. And I don't know. It's, I was having fun with that earlier in quarantine, but I haven't been playing it since. So I've, like I said, I've never done a sports game kind of thing. Um, I've never, I don't know why, but I've never really found, you know, the joy in doing that kind of, that brand of game or whatever. Um, for me, it's always been, um, role-playing games and platformers. So my first, my first video games that I was actively playing were always like Crash Bandicoot, right? Yeah. So I was stoked last year, uh, last year or two years ago when they remastered the original three games that were originally on the PS1. Um, I've played those remasters a lot and I'm really bad at the remasters because they've you know there are there are levels of those games that i know by like muscle memory that i can't do anymore because they changed the physics around in a little bit and that's a lot uh but the big one for me was earlier this year uh the first part of the final fantasy 7 remake and that's the thing like that is the epitome of what i look for in video games i basically want a movie where i'm pressing buttons and like making small decisions and stuff like that but i'm there for the narrative mm-hmm. so i'm all about you know with the with the final fantasy 7 there's a lot of you upgrade your weapons and you go looking for certain items that will help you with your upgrades and stuff like that but i'm there for the story so yeah. it's basically like watching a movie where I'm constantly pressing buttons and kind of directing you actually, now that I think about it, literally as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I like being in the director's chair. Like, so kind of like I'm literally the guy that's telling the camera where to go, which is, I've never thought about it in that way, but that's, that's the thing that gets me with video games. So yeah, we started this off and I was saying, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as what types of games we're playing. But yeah, maybe we're not so different in that, in that regard. Yeah. We like being the guy in the chair. In like a weird way, we are, we're very similar. 
Yeah. Whereas you're the the difference being you're the guy that likes to be in you're the guy that likes to be in the care in the chair and just calling the shots and then watching the reaction and watching the thing happen as it happens. Yeah. I'm the kind of director I'm the kind of director like taking the camera from the camera guy and being like, no, it has to move like this. I want it to go this way. Right. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. <laughs> I did not I literally did not think about it that way until we were sitting here right now doing this. I mean, we just like anyone else, we like to be in tr- control. I mean, yeah. I think part of that is just absolutely human nature. Um, but your a lot of your kind of stuff is um it seems to be like simulators, like yeah. a a real life kind of thing. I like to simulate. I'm less about the simulation of real life and more about the, like I said, watching a movie, reading a book, something like give me, give me a new story. Give me something that's, uh, I'm looking for things that I haven't necessarily seen before. Yeah. Like a different outcome to like different things. Yeah. So actually very similar in the execution, but just different genres. I'm looking for more of that fantasy, more of that like, well, tell me a good story in like in a place that I haven't seen before. And you're more of the like realistic kind of bound, you know, what would happen if what would happen if the Patriots did this? Well, I do that, but I also I I do some like crazy. I do crazy things that will never that would never happen. Uh, Give me an example. Let me see. Like, like I had one basketball team that was, it was Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and then I think Anthony Davis. Like, these are like three of the biggest stars in basketball all on one team. And I got them not cheating, like in a actual, like legitimate way. Um, so like, like these like any of these games, like you have to work against like the salary cap and know what you can spend, what you can't spend. And I just signed them through free agency and somehow like got them. I, I cleared up enough cap room to like get them, which that was exciting. That was cool. Impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, like I've gotten stupid players on the Patriots and like other teams. Although I like, I don't like doing the Patriots. I like, I like creating my own teams and just moving them and because like I don't want to trade everyone away on the Patriots. That's no fun to me. That's fair. Like that's not fun to me. I I want to like take a team I just don't care about. I have no attachment with. So like why not take the Cincinnati Bengals and just (laughs) destroy them? Why not take a nothing franchise, destroy them anyway? Destroy them move them and then build them up and win. I think I had this one. I had my last Brooklyn franchise that I had and it had the same quarterback throughout the same, like the time, like I had this quarterback. He, he didn't retire until like 42. So eerily similar to Tom Brady and he won six Super Bowls. Dang. Yeah. Like he was on Tom Brady's level. Except he wasn't a six-round I mean, pick. He was a first-round pick, but still. Yeah, well, it can't all be like real life, right? No, it can't be. That's the... Although, I have back... So, like, my brother, for example, he got an Xbox One. And when my PS4 was not in Massachusetts, it was down in Brooklyn for a little bit, I bought Madden, like, the newest version of it. Um, 
just because it was so cheap. It was like it was like ten bucks. This was like when every of those like every sports game was like on a crazy sale. Um, and now what I like about the new Maddens is you can literally scout players. And there there could be some guy that's supposedly projected to be in the sixth round, but they have the talent as like a first round pick, which I think that is so cool. That is so much more realistic than like every single like first round pick is going to be a hit. Like that is like, I love, I love that. And like, you can't find any good late round picks because there are, there are a lot of good late round picks in the NFL that made it. Yeah, absolutely. But what are the kind of games that you are kind of playing that have that storyline? Uh, honestly, right now, it's really just that, that, that remake of Final Fantasy VII. It's only the first part. Um, it covers... So the first game came out in 1997. And basically what they did was they took the first like four or five hours of the 1997 game and really expanded it. All of like, there's a bunch of voice acting and they really kind of took it from where it used to all just be polygons and these really, you know, it was all, there was no voices. It was all text-based. Right. All the, all the characters were talking to each other in little speech bubbles and stuff. Now it's all voice-based. So they took the first five hours and really expanded on it. And, you know, graphically it's beautiful and stuff, but um, it's immersive. Like I was saying, you know, you feel like a director, you're directing the camera to where it needs to go. You do these side quests, you're gaining, you know, you're gaining experience points and building up your weapons and everything else. But that's been, it came out in April and I'm on, I'm only on my second playthrough right now, but I've watched a bunch of streamers play it. I've watched a bunch of theory videos. Like that's the big one for me. Yeah. Um, and the other big one, um, just in the past couple of years, like I said, the, the Crash Bandicoot remasters have been awesome. Um, more for nostalgia than anything else. They're not particularly great as like, they're not great as narrative games, but in the way that they manage to translate that feeling that you got in those PS1 games back to a uh, back to a uh, back to a place where they can really be playable now. Right. Um those have been really enjoyable. And then last year, so before quarantine started, I've played with it a little bit uh since I've been back kind of secluded. Um the Kingdom Hearts series, which actually has the same producer as Final Fantasy 7. Um I love those games. They're batshit crazy. The narrative makes almost no sense <laughs> it's you know it's basically like final fantasy characters and disney characters all jumbled up into one and it just it, the more games come out in that franchise the more the story makes no sense it's right. crazy but it's really fun it's really fun combat and each time they put out one of those games it's really like they always kind of make it really beautiful in the execution even if the story doesn't necessarily make sense so those have been yeah, Crash Bandicoot, Final Fantasy VII, and the Kingdom Hearts series have been the big ones. And like I said, I'm in my second playthrough of Final Fantasy VII, but once I finish that playthrough again, I'm probably going back to Kingdom Hearts, and I'm just going to live in this weird world that makes absolutely <laughs> zero sense. Like, I don't blame anybody for judging that series, because, oh my god, 
what a mess of narrative, but it is, it's so much fun and you just can't like, I can't deny how much fun it is. So those have been, yeah, those have been the video games that I've been playing. And, uh, like I said, especially final fantasy that has, that has eaten up more than its fair share of time while I've been sitting around wondering outside of work and everything else, you know, I imagine we're all sitting back and going like, what do we do? Right. What are we supposed to like, how do I fill time? And it's provided me a whole lot of fun. Would you say those are the games that you grew up with and are some of your all-time favorites? Um, Final Fantasy VII, the original, uh, was the first game that I ever completed all the way to the end. So uh, absolutely, yes, that, you know. The remake is cool, but like I said, it only covers about, like, depending on who you talk to, it only covers between a third and a fifth of the whole story. So, um, the remake is definitely cool. There's plenty of nostalgia. There's plenty of new stuff that has been left open to interpretation and stuff, so that's all cool. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, absolutely. Uh, one of, I think Crash Bandicoot 2 was, like, the second or the third game that I ever completed to 100%. So, yeah, absolutely, that was, like, the game that I grew up with. Um, Um, Kingdom Hearts, I was a little bit late to the party um, because the original two were released for PS2 and I didn't have a PS2 until like the end of the PS2 cycle. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) So I was late to the party with those, but they're still like super enjoyable. And those I mostly just play or like pay attention to because like, like I said, that story is so fucking batshit crazy that like, I just want to see where it goes. Yeah. Most of it still doesn't make sense to me. I can't figure most of it out. But like continuing to learn and every once in a while you have a little bit of like a breakthrough where you're like, oh, I didn't realize that that thing from this previous game ties into this thing from that game. And now we're at Kingdom Hearts 3 and I understand that part of this now. And like, that's just like a... Um, it's like a light imagine, bulb, like going off. Yeah, I imagine that my the way that I enjoy the Kingdom Hearts series is probably very similar to the way that a lot of people enjoyed uh, Game of Thrones if they hadn't read the books. Where like week after week, when there were new episodes coming out, they'd just sit back and be like, "Ah, uh, this is insane!" But I'm like slowly starting to put the puzzle pieces together and stuff. So right. still, that still holds a lot of interest for me in that regard. But I do recognize that like 99% of people, you know, I don't even consider myself particularly good at figuring out what the Kingdom Hearts series is about. But I imagine 99% of people just like are so lost after the first two games that they would not be able to follow at all. Yeah, that's probably how I would be, to be honest. (laughs) It's insane. Yeah. So I think that about covers um, video games. That was that was a uh, this was a good thought. We just had this thought earlier today and really managed to put something together out of it, which seems to be the way that we do things here on the Packy Run. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that being said, you got a recommendation this week? Ooh, recommendation. Um, I would recommend this band, Higher Power. Um, they've just put out a new album earlier this year called 27 miles underwater. Um, great. Uh, I just, I, I, I would say like hardcore, but they're, I wouldn't pitch. I don't want to pigeonhole them. It's just a good punk album, um, that they released, um, just came out on Roadrunner earlier this year. Um, just very energetic it's it's kind of like turnstile big label yeah like they're that is they they 
They are. They just got signed to them. But they, I would say, like, they're, it's like turnstile, like, 90s rock, like, a little bit of Nirvana. They actually went on tour with Basement a few times in England. So they have, like, the 90s rock aesthetic with shouty, hardcore vocals, I would put it. That's awesome. Um, so definitely check them out. Right up both our alleys. Yeah. They're they're sick. They're really cool. It's breakdowns and alternative rock, not Nirvana. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, my recommendation this week is another podcast that just started in the past like week or two. Um, Jeremy Bohm from Touche Amore. Competition. Yeah, a little bit. Um, he has a podcast called The First Ever Podcast, which is Jeremy from the band Touche Amore, a hardcore emo revival kind of band, um, interviewing a bunch of different people. Uh, he interviewed Reba from Code Orange Kids. Um, this past week, he put out an episode with Will Yip, one of our favorite, uh, you know, absolutely top-tier elite producer. Um, He's an S-tier. He through. He, uh, so Jeremy interviews these people about, like, their firsts. So, like, their first band, their first record label, their first production. Their, it's all about, you know, interviewing them about what got them started in... Um, so far, it's just been, you know, music people. So, you know, first bands, first records, first everything else. Uh, but he has said that he will be interviewing plenty of other people about their firsts. Um, and it's an it's an awesome podcast. Jeremy's been on a bunch of different... Um, he's done interviews for magazines and for different outlets that have like video content and stuff like that. Uh, if you don't know him or if you haven't heard him do like an interview, Alternative Press had Jeremy interview Andy Hall from Manchester Orchestra and Kevin Devine, uh, who is just known as Kevin Devine. And the three of them sitting there and talking... It's like a 15-minute YouTube video, uh, and I forget what music festival they were at, but it's awesome. He's a really great... He really kind of cuts deep and gets people to open up in a really cool way. So for him to have a podcast is fucking sick. Good on him. I'm going to be listening every week because he's only three episodes in, but so far, so good. So my recommendation is the first ever podcast with Jeremy Bohm. That's that's a good one. Um, I haven't checked it out yet, but I've seen him post on Instagram about it. Um I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds like a good yeah, one. Yeah, the Reba, Reba from Code Orange is a pretty good interview, but the one that he does with Will Yip this week is, it's like over an hour long, and Will like really kind of digs into some of his earlier stuff and ties in those early experiences with stuff that he's done with like Title Fight and Tiger's Jaw and Turnover and like basically every big alternative band of the past 10 years. So well worth the listen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, my friends... We have reached the end of another episode of the Packy Run Podcast. Talk to you next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's Packy Run Pod. Um, we'll be posting some more content and some more um, funny memes there. And uh, don't forget to like us, rate us, subscribe to us on your podcast players of choice. Guys, every time, every time you guys do something like that, we definitely notice and we definitely appreciate it. Um, again, right now, we're not doing this for the money. We're just amazed week after week with the support that we keep getting. And it's, it's sick. So keep it up. We love you guys. Yeah. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.